Hey people of the Marketplace Cafe, how are you? I hope you're doing well. I'm your host, Itsunu Bankole Olushinoa, and this is your podcast for all things digestible economy news with a focus on the African economy. In this episode, I bring you the Marketplace Espresso, your quick news recap for last week. So I'd like you to meet my co-host for today. Would you like to introduce yourself? To be honest, you've been on here before. So Hi, everybody. I'm back again. As you guys already know, my name is Tomiwa. Um, I go to University of Toronto, Scarborough, and I study physical and environmental science. Then I'm also a foodie. So um, follow my page, Meals by Miwa, on Instagram. So the world economy headlines. U.S. economy turn for the worst? Question mark. Okay. So in May, it seemed like the U.S. economy was going to make a quick recovery, what they described as a V-shaped recovery, um, because it seemed like unemployment was stabilizing and even slightly falling, um, especially because states were easing lockdown. Um, mm-hmm. But recently, there have been rapid rises in coronavirus cases in states like Texas, COVID, Florida. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> in states like Texas, mm-hmm. Florida, California, and other sunbelt states, I think that's what they call them. Um, and that might be provoking another lockdown that is not going to lead to amazing results for the economy as a whole. Um, and that just means that recovery would act could actually take much longer than optimists thought at first. Um, So it has been estimated that in the second quarter, there was a contraction of the American economy by over 30%. Um, And S&P Global estimated that in the third quarter, the economy will see an expansion of about 22%, which obviously when Mm -hmm. we consider like this surge in coronavirus cases, when we put that into Mm -hmm. perspective, they might not actually see um such a large expansion they might see something lower than that instead um and then in terms of specific areas of the economy that have been affected so restaurants um reservations so in march and april Mm -hmm. restaurant reservations reduced by almost 100 percent compared to the to last year so compared to 2019 and by the middle of june um compared to 2019 it had decreased about 50 percent um, and then earlier this mm-hmm. week, about Monday, this increased to a 65% decrease from last year. And then also yeah. another thing that has been affected is unemployment. So this week, there has been an mm-hmm. increase mm-hmm. by 1.4 million Americans in those filing for unemployment benefits. Mm-hmm. And that shows that unemployment mm-hmm. might actually be rising compared to what people actually thought that unemployment was falling before. Yeah. And then also air travel, as usual. Um, so yeah, this obviously, <laughs> so this trying week, to fly somewhere in COVID. Exactly. So this week, there was a decrease in airline passengers being processed through security compared to the number mm-hmm. of passengers um, from last week. So air travel is seeming to yeah. backtrack um, compared to what it was looking like at the end of May. Such is life. On to the next one. Okay. 
EU recovery deal. Yes. So the countries of the EU, they have finally signed their economic recovery deal. This has been in the works for quite a while. Um, And the deal basically just aims to help all the EU countries um, deal with the negative economic impacts of coronavirus. Mm -hmm. So what they've agreed is a 750 billion euro recovery fund. So from this money, Mm -hmm. 390 billion euros will be given out as grants, meaning it doesn't have to be Mm -hmm. paid back. And the rest will be given out as loans. Um, And then this 390 billion euros that will be given out as grants is actually less than Mm -hmm. what was initially proposed. So at first, in in the proposal, it was proposed that 500 billion euros will be given out as grants. But the Mm -hmm. Frugal Four, which is Netherlands, Denmark, Austria and Sweden, they didn't feel very comfortable with such a large amount of money being given out as grants because Mm -hmm. it would have meant that they would have put in more money than they would have gotten out. So they were basically having carrying yeah. all the countries that were really economically affected by coronavirus, uh-huh. um, which they didn't want to do. Um, and then the recovery fund aims to do three things in general. So it wants to help businesses make a comeback from mm-hmm. coronavirus. Um, it wants to help countries make economic reform in the long run. And it also wants to help protect economies from future crises like the coronavirus in future. Um, and then mm-hmm. Charles Mitchell, or Charles Mickel, um, the president of the European Co- Council, he seems pretty excited about the outcome of the mm-hmm. deal um, because he says that this is the first mm-hmm. time that the EU is taking a joint economic action against mm-hmm. the crisis that is coronavirus. Um, mm-hmm. And also it is a big thing for the EU as well because... Um, especially following the 2007-2008 financial crisis, one of the major like learning points from that was that they didn't help many countries economically. So mm. coming out of the 2007-2008 financial crisis, um, there was a lot of disparity in terms of how EU countries were doing. Some did well, some didn't do that well. Um, so they're trying to support countries more, which I guess is good for them and which they also are doing because they don't want... Um, other countries to leave like the uk mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> like, um, uh, so the next one is african economy mm-hmm. mr easy invests in the african music industry yep so mr easy the nigerian music artist whose real name is actually Ajifadi. Um, he launched a fund which is called the African Music Fund um, and Mm -hmm. it basically aims to invest in African music talent of the future Um, so the fund is currently worth 20 million dollars and the main investor is a company called 88 MPH um, and what they generally do is invest in African businesses Um, Mm -hmm. and the main reason why he created this fund was based off of his own realization that banks and financial institutions in general, they don't lend that much to music artists because Mm. usually for them, it's harder to secure intellectual property, um, which compared to physical property is not tangible. Um, Mm -hmm. So just in general, African music artists find it very difficult to 
have like um financial support unless they're mm, part yeah. of a structured record label or something like that mm, um and in terms of how the fund will work he plans to give money to artists based on how much they're predicted to earn and how much is their current revenue um and then mm. the money will be given up front to them and then they would have to mm. pay it over time in installments mm. and i guess probably with interest how long how much they'll have um yeah i guess it will it would be an agreement in terms of like what is feasible for them to pay because they don't actually start paying until their income starts to rise based on the money that they've been given so Mm -hmm. when Mm -hmm. they actually start to see income coming in from the investment that Mm -hmm. has been made into them then they begin to pay it back um and what he aims to do with the fund in general is to make sure that African artists are the owners of their own content and their own intellectual mm-hmm. property rather than selling it off to other people who are not necessarily Africans. Um, and just making sure that there is African money in the African music industry and it's not just like other people, other non-African money. So Africans are mm-hmm. taking control of the African music industry and their money is there loud mm-hmm. and clear so yeah <laughs> yeah okay uh moving on to the next one mm-hmm. south african relief fund for smes yep. small and medium enterprises yes precisely that so applications have started to um this 12 billion dollar loan scheme which was created by the South African president, um, Cyril Ramaphosa. Um, and it's basically aimed at helping small South African businesses get through the negative economic impacts of coronavirus. Um, so the scheme was first introduced in April, but at the time um, it was moving pretty slowly. And that was because there were some conditions that were put on the type of businesses that could benefit from the scheme. Um, but those all those um, conditions have now been lifted, so it has been opened up to mm. pretty much um, any small business. Um, mm. So now businesses can apply for loans worth up to $6 million, irrespective of how much revenue mm. they make. And the loans are basically meant to help businesses cover their operational costs, mm. so things like rent, um, salaries, mm. supplier costs, and things like that. Um, mm. And it helps them cover it for up to three months. Mm. And then they get these payments monthly to help them meet those costs on a monthly basis. For Do you know months. whether it's a direct response to um, COVID or it's, it just going, it's going to transcend COVID? Oh, um, I think it is a direct response to COVID because it only actually supports them for up to three months. So mm. it's pretty much like a here and now kind of situation. Mm. The next one, Nigeria's foreign exchange crisis. Yes. So Nigeria is currently in a foreign exchange crisis. Um, there is a shortage of foreign exchange. Um, and this is mainly because of the fall in oil prices, which we saw yeah. at the beginning of lockdown. Um, yeah. Oil exports are the main source of Nigeria's foreign exchange. So that kind of mm-hmm. explains why we are in a foreign exchange crisis. Um, And so Nigerian banks have now recently put a limit on how much Nigerians using Nigerian bank cards can spend abroad. Um, Mm. So this is one of the direct consequences of the foreign exchange shortage. Um, And then another thing is there is a double exchange rate. 
Um, so the central bank's exchange rate is 360 naira to one dollar, but then there is a black market um, yeah. rate as well, which is 472 naira to one dollar. So there is a discrepancy of about a hundred naira um, in value. Um, and the last time that this happened was in 2016. After that whole episode, it led to a devaluation of the naira by over 50 percent. Mm. So the naira went mm. from 199 naira to one dollar to 306 mm. naira to one dollar. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to wait and see what happens at the end of this whole episode. Mm. Prayers up. <laughs> Prayers. <laughs> Um, the next one, Rwanda reopens. Okay, yes. So Kigali, the Kigali International Airport, which is Rwanda's international airport, um, is opening next week after months of closing down to limit um, coronavirus spread. So the airport closure... Are they limiting the number of countries that you can go to? I don't actually think so. But I guess it will also depend on which countries are even allowing Rwanda come in as well. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that they're really... They're just opening the international airport, so they're opening the airspace. They can go mm-hmm. anywhere where they are welcome, I guess. Because mm-hmm. um, if you're going to on, if you like... <laughs> well, obviously, as long as you're being accepted there and as long as flights are actually available there, then mm-hmm. go wherever you please. Um, mm-hmm. As long as you don't come back with COVID-19, I guess. Yep. Um... So the airport closure has had a huge impact on their economy, um, specifically because Rwanda is a landlocked country um, and airports are quite important for them. So for tourism, for investors, um, for some imports as well. So it has cost them quite a bit not being able to have their airports open over the last couple of months. Um, Because as I said, certain sectors are dependent. So sectors like hospitality, tourism and, and Tourism and travel actually contributes over 15% to their GDP. Um, but as the airport is reopening, there are new opportunities for the Rwandan economy. And of course, there would be strict measures in terms of um, airport protocol and all of that, uh, which would be put in place to contain coronavirus. Um, it creates a large amount of expectation of revival for the tourism sector and the hospitality sector, as well as foreign investment as well. Um, but the yeah. thing is, before coronavirus, Rwanda's air- aviation sector wasn't very profitable. Um, but of course, it did create opportunities mm-hmm. for things like tourism, hospitality, investment in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so now there is an opportunity for the government to mm-hmm. rescue some of the airlines Um and help them to bounce back over the next couple of months. Um, and just generally help jumpstart the Rwandan economy. They've, in recent times, tried to position themselves as a destination mm-hmm. for like international and regional conferences. Yeah. So this is also now a time for them to shine in that regard, I guess. Okay, that's cool. Uh, now moving on to business news um tiktok potential ban and american investors mm-hmm. so tiktok for tiktok there has been a threat of being banned by the u.s government um mm. and this has a lot to do with the amount of data that they have 
on people who yeah. use the app and the fact that mm-hmm. TikTok is owned by a Chinese parent company called ByteDance. Um, so the US government also has the fear that if TikTok has access to this much information and this much data, yeah. then mm-hmm. the Chinese government could somehow get access to the data. Mm-hmm. And also um, that, especially seeing as elections are later this year, that, in. <laughs> that, <laughs> precisely, that there could, they could influence, they could have, if they have a political agenda, they could influence mm-hmm. how people vote as well through the mm-hmm. amount of the content that they make available to people on TikTok and things like mm-hmm. that. That's great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether or not TikTok will be banned, still being reviewed by the US government, not really certain yet. But in the meantime, some American companies, they might be interested in buying majority shares in TikTok um, mm-hmm. because obviously this will reduce the US government's fears that American data is in the wrong hands because mm-hmm. if American companies are major shareholders in TikTok, mm-hmm. then it kind of overpowers the whole Chinese like narrative that they have about China yeah. taking the data and all. Mm-hmm. So the investors currently who are interested in TikTok, um, the ones mm-hmm. who are making the most progress at the moment is um, a group of investors being led by two venture capital firms called General Atlantic and Sequoia Capital. Um, Mm. And also on Tuesday, TikTok announced, obviously they're trying to be in the US government's good books so that they don't get banned. So they said that Mm. on Tuesday, they said that they plan to create 10,000 jobs in the US, Mm. even though they currently are employing 1,400 people. Um, Mm. And also just generally speaking of bans and TikTok, India actually has already banned TikTok. Um, at the end of last month they did um, for pretty much the same reason so the Indian government Mm. they had concerns about how the data was being collected and being used um, and so they banned TikTok in India data privacy is very important precisely very very important yes okay moving on to the next one Good okay. news for Tesla. Yes, so Tesla. Um, the value of their stocks have more than tripled this year. Um, and over the last mm-hmm. month, um, the value of their stocks has risen by over 50%. Mm-hmm. Looking at their profit, they've never really had a full year of profit, but they have mm-hmm. just completed um, a streak of profits where they've seen um profits in the last four consecutive quarters um so the last quarter ended in june so for the quarter ending in june they made a profit of 104 million dollars which wasn't expected because of coronavirus um but they managed to pull it off um even if they did have a five percent fall in revenues to six billion dollars um and they also had a five percent fall in their sales um, but they they made up for the sales that they lost in the U.S. They made up for that in the sales that they made in China and Europe, um, where they had rising sales. And also a large amount of the profit that they made in this last quarter was as a result of the $428 million that they got from selling their emissions credits to other car makers. So emissions credits are basically, they tried to... Um, limit the amount of emissions that companies have, Mm -hmm. especially with 
cars yeah. or car makers mm-hmm. and the amount of emissions that cars are having so they would sell mm-hmm. they the regulators will give all the car makers a specific amount of emission credit so that's yeah. how, how much emissions they can actually um mm-hmm. give out or how much emissions yeah. the cars will give out and then yeah they can trade between themselves. So if you want to have more emissions, then you will buy emission mm. credits. And then yeah. if you if you don't have as much emissions, then you will sell your emissions credits. So it's kind of like mm-hmm. an incentive to save the planet and reduce yeah. emissions, basically. So they... Especially since Tesla is supposed to be a clean energy. Yeah, exactly. So they've made a lot of money on selling their emissions credits because they don't yeah. have that much emission. But I was also reading something that even if... Tesla cars are zero emission cars, but I was saying that it's not, it doesn't necessarily, that even if the cars are zero emission cars, in terms of the production, they still Mm. emit, it's not as if they are, they don't have zero emission production. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. Okay. The next one is Gokada CEO. Yes, so Fahim Saleh, um, a tech entrepreneur who was the CEO of Gokada, which Very is gruesome. yeah, extremely yeah. Um, CEO of Gokada, which is um, the motorbike booking app in Lagos, Nigeria. Nigeria. Um, he was killed last week, and his body yeah. was found dismembered in his New York apartment. Yeah. Um, so with Gokada, he wanted to make the process of finding motorbikes. Okadas, yeah. easy for for Lagosians or people who live yeah. in Lagos, um, and he was able to raise five point three million dollars of funding yeah. for Gokada in two thousand and nineteen. But then, unfortunately, mm-hmm. in February this year, Lagos State Government they banned motorcycles. The ban. Yeah, yeah, which had a very negative mm-hmm. impact on his business. Um, even if he was think- yeah. after that, he was thinking of now starting a boats hailing service. Mm-hmm in lagos to bounce back um after the the motorcycle ban um for his murder his assistant tyrese haspill he has been arrested yeah yeah he has been arrested and he has actually already pleaded not guilty to second Mm. degree murder and even if there is video footage of someone identified as him entering the new york apartments and tasing um, Fahim Saleh on the on the day before he was found. Yeah. Prayers with his family. Mm-hmm. Moving on to random economy news of the week. Yep, random economy random news of the week. Okay, so um, a Nigerian-British artist called Yinka Shonibare, he is planning on launching an artist-in-residency program in two sites in Nigeria. So one is Lagos um, and two is Ijebu in Open States. Um, So he has called the program Guest Artists Space Foundation. Um, And it gives international artists the opportunity to come to Nigeria, learn from local artists, and also gives local artists the opportunity to learn from international artists when they come. So it's pretty much like a knowledge exchange type of thing. Um, 
he also just wants to create a free space for creative expression. I'm considering the fact that there are not that many art art museums in Nigeria in general, so mm. it creates that artist That's space. Fair. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, the Lagos it is going to be in Lekki, and the artist in residence will live there with Ninkashi Nibare, mm. and then the Ijebu site is on a farm. Um, mm in Ijebu somewhere um and then he hopes to have this program running before november 2021 where there will be the art x lagos fair um so it actually sounds quite interesting um very cool we love to see art in lagos there actually are quite a number of like really good artists and we love to see it we love to see it. creativity. We actually love to see it. the creative industry. Goodbye, listeners. <laughs> I'm big. I'll be back again <laughs> sometime soon. Okay. Go follow the Marketplace Cafe on Instagram. They're also on LinkedIn if you also prefer <laughs> to follow them on LinkedIn. Yes. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Make sure you look out for the polls on the Marketplace Cafe's Instagram story to vote for the piece of news from this week you want to see more about in more detail and analysis in the News Explained segment, The Marketplace Latte. I hope to see you next week. Much love.